Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. During the early times of the Old Testament, we know God used his creation to judge a sinful world. The devastation sent by water let nothing remain as it was. And it changed everything that would be on earth. So bigger than a war, bigger than a pandemic, bigger than anything we could ever record in our histories, what happened in the flood fundamentally shifted everything in creation according to God's will. Noah and his sons were more than helpless after walking off that ark. One drop of rain, the next storm would have surely invoked fear, no less than when Adam and Eve heard God walking in the garden and hid themselves. It was no longer a comfort. So the Lord, it's always him, it's the Lord alone who had to speak his promising word. He even used water as the agent of terror to produce his sign. That terrorizing water became a sign set in the clouds. Greater than that rainbow of old, we still see is what has come now of what we see in the New Testament of Jesus. God has become man. And this was not for a time, but for all eternity. As the promise, this promise, stands out for all of humanity. St. Mark today records a strange event taking place in between two glorious events. Last week, on one side of the lake, you heard Jesus and how he miraculously fed so many people. This week, on the other side of the lake, we have Jesus healing as many people as touched him. It was just everything good was happening. Here are the two greatest things we need for life, isn't it? On one side, food. On the other side, health and well-being. And yet, what sticks out, like a sore thumb in the text, is the episode on that water. It had nothing to do with food or health, and even a rainbow wasn't going to come out until after the storm. The glory now belongs, though, to God becoming man. Jesus sends us into storms to turn hard hearts, to trust in him for salvation at all times. And so the disciples, as you know, already had a long day. Helping to feed all those people must have been a strenuous task and a lot of burden. And after the satisfied events going on that day, Jesus waited very little to send them across the Sea of Galilee. You have to know that Bethsaida, to send them across, was about eight miles away, and so we have to respect the disciples. There was not much complaining about that, and we know water for several of the disciples was second nature to them, so it was kind of like, okay, we'll do it. We're fishermen. However, a boat ride in the evening hours turned into a struggle of madness. Who could have planned for this weather? 
God did. Jesus sent them into an exhausting situation. He knows all things. He saw all things. And he put them in that situation deliberately. He would let them paddle. He let them paddle so much to prove nothing. The wind would rob them, wouldn't it? The wind would take everything out of their strength of whatever they had left. St. Mark describes it, and Jesus saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. God knew their sorry state of affairs. Jesus was with them, but he was not going to help, at least not yet, not until the laws of his creation emptied their life. God still cares for the world with food and healing, right? Daily bread, as the Lord prayers teaches us. Except the church lifts up baptism in this old creation. And that belongs to Jesus. Being clothed in him has placed us into a great promise, surpassing all earthly blessings that you could ever plan on. It means Jesus has and will put us into difficult and impossible situations. That's what it means when you were baptized. He does this for our good. But we will far from believe it to be good. God allows the laws ingrained in life to have its way with us and drain our works. If this doesn't happen, we'll end up justifying ourselves and all that we can do to the hopes that are frankly no different from an unbelieving world. And God doesn't want that for any of us with this church or for your life individually. Our Lutheran fathers say it pretty well at the time of the Reformation. As long as man's mind is at rest and he does not feel God's wrath or judgment, he can imagine that he wants to love God and that he wants to do good for God's sake. Like the disciples, God makes us row against creation tied to his law. Farmers have felt this in their bodies out in the field over the years. The old ones work harder, but they can do less. Others over personal health. Maybe managing finances as inflation. And some, frankly, there's that quieter kind of things in life that many pass over, but it's still there before the person. The reaction is to just row harder or faster. That's all we've got in us. It might even be with love for the Lord. And yet works never truly rescue us from our sorry state of affairs. And so remember, Jesus left his disciples out on the water only for so long. It wasn't indefinite. He did not abandon them and eye on the whole ordeal. Joy was not over watching their struggle. Instead, at the right time, you got to know the time was not right for me because it was about 3 to 6 a.m. in the morning is when all this stuff came to a, to a head. Jesus came. 
And before the break of dawn, the Lord walked out to them. Water acted like land. Creation submitted to the Creator. The wind holding them back allowed them to turn and see Jesus in His glory as God. Simple pain over life, over rowing upon the body, it turned into complete fear, didn't it? Miracles do not always come wrapped up in nice, pretty packages. Their fear was similar to Moses, hiding his face at the burning bush before God's presence. Seeing the face of Jesus held the fact how God became man. It was his word, wasn't it, that calmed the situation. It reached out. His word does this for us. What did it say? Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. He said the same thing after his death and at his resurrection. He said the same thing. Take heart. Do not be afraid. This brief, it is I, was Jesus' claim to be God, the great I am, Yahweh. Let alone, they received a second miracle when the creator of the world stepped into the boat and the storm ceased. He didn't even say anything to it. It just did what he wanted. His presence, his very presence in that boat was protection, just as his word gave courage in him. Events can change in this world when we least expect it. We know that pretty well from last year. God moves though. He lifts up the broken and battered lives of his baptized. Storms of all shape humble us to see how Jesus went the depths of his cross. They turn us to his holiness, to not let his cross and his glorious sacrifice pass by our lives. Because we're so busy at getting everything done. We're going to make it happen. We miss Jesus, the crucified Lord, who comes to save. Love for sinners allowed him to walk, hasn't it? Where no one else could. Because no one else is God. He suffered the storms of judgment by the law against our sinful life. A raging creation. And frankly, brutality of evil, Satan. You see? Greater than Noah, we have the redeeming righteousness of Jesus that is God before our lives, from cradle to the grave. Not a rainbow, but He releases our fears by way of forgiveness. He's spoken again today. His word still brings absolution by the called ministers that he sends to the church. His word lays claim daily to the baptized. And what does he tell you daily? Take heart. His word is salvation for eternity. And yet it stands with us in these moments of time and space. Do not be afraid. 
invites us to pray always in his name, knowing that his eye is not away from us, but he hears us. His word brings the double miracle where Jesus steps into the church and our very lives at the Lord's Supper. If this does not calm the storms of darkness, nothing will. A rainbow now stands over the water Reword of baptism. What a great artistic design for a church somehow, someday, to have some idea on a baptismal font or something to put a rainbow. Because that's what stands over our whole life. That's covered it in God's perfect sacrifice in His Son. Life has risen up by the creating power of Jesus. When the disciples got to the other side of that lake, right? Their view of Jesus still had a hardness of heart to it. It kept missing his glory as God with us, even while the people, it says, immediately recognized him for all that he could do for them. Whether it was with food on the one side or healing on the other side, the disciples, the disciples, the ones who were told to take up your cross and follow me, the ones who Jesus called, those guys, they were to not miss him and see God offering far more than good for life. Works were to give way to faith, courage that one whom they knew was God able to save. The promise to Noah and future generations stood in the clouds, didn't it? We still see it. We still kind of go, that's cool. Double rainbow. You double promise from God, right? But here's the thing. The father sending his son opens the highest gates of heaven in his flesh for all humanity. Rather than the law blowing against our works, the spirit out of the gospel forgives. It directs and saves beyond what men can imagine or achieve. So get out of your heads, all of us. Whatever glories or whatever we don't think we can do or whatever we think we are, remove it. Because Jesus has spoken. And by the resurrection of the Lord, the promise holds the wounds of God go before us all our days, even to death, your death, so that you know that the Lord truly does care. Before his ascension, remember his ascension into the clouds? Jesus sent out his disciples not to cross a lake, but to step out into a sinful world, to step out into life, into ways they would not know. They were not going to be able to hide. Jesus said, therefore, go and baptize, didn't he? And teach. And it comes from the unbroken word of God, that promise. And what does it say? Jesus says, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus sends us into storms. And he's not done with that yet. But to turn our hearts. Why? To trust in his saving love. Amen.
Now to him who is able, as St. Paul said, to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Amen.